Hey there, you're listening to the Bumbling Voices Podcast, episode number one. And I hear you're making good choices, listening to the Bumbling Voices. Oh, how about that? <laughs> yeah, the voice acting podcast, where you're learning about voice acting, whether it be in the industry, history, learning about audio. I hope to get to that at some point, at least. Knowing how to be involved with voice acting, but most importantly, building up your own Bumbling voice. Ah. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> Shut up. I'll, I'll go home. Wait yeah. here. No, but that's that's the main thing is I can't say that I know everything about voice acting. In fact, I don't think I know that much. But that's the whole point is being able to learn as a community. Learn together and actually be able to develop your own voice. The reason I'm more concerned about people developing their own voices is because, well, I remember going into a Comic-Con panel from Warner Premiere. I don't remember what movie it was. And the casting director and voice director for Warner Premiere, Andrea Romano, said, okay, cool. You could do the voice of Joker and how Mark Hamill does it. Well, that's cool. If we want that voice, we'll just hire Mark Hamill. <laughs> it turns out when you stand out the most, it's because you're doing your own voice rather than imitating everyone else. <laughs> so hopefully we can get to that someday. Being able to learn so much, whether it be involved with video games, uh, anime, doing cartoons, being able to make your own character and being able to act out how everything goes behind the scenes. But I just want to be, be able to work on being a better voice actor, whether it's for myself or anyone listening, most importantly for anyone listening so we can all learn together. So sometimes I might be doing reading some scripts or some poems, short stories, etc., stuff like that, being able to give different interpretations. In fact, I remember listening to The Wasteland back in college the poem by T.S. Eliot? I'm pretty sure I have that wrong, but I have to look it up later. But there are many different interpretations, and the guy who wrote the poem read it the least interestingly compared to, say, Alec Guinness. You know, Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> no big deal. Is it? It is T.S. Eliot. Thank goodness. I'm glad I got something right in my life. <laughs> oh, by the way, this is Jared Finney. I'm joined here by... My brother Thomas. Hello. Over. Hello. The guy who's better at editing all this audio stuff. I need to learn that from him at some point. We can go over it together. Oh, goodness. How about that? That's pretty cool. It's almost like it was meant for this. <laughs> wow. I don't like mention cartoons, but what about like radio and stuff? But yeah, I, with these various readings, being able to give different interpretations and how things can be read and how the inflection can be given on certain areas. Being able to practice a developing voice and maybe even also incorporate music because I've heard when it comes to voice acting, music helps a lot. It definitely does. And we do have a lot of people that we know we can bring on about this. I, just love to talk about it. Yeah, a lot of people that we could bring on, talk to about it. Maybe someday get... Inter I mean, this is all wishful thinking here right now, but that's this is an introduction. Get over it. Hey, we got to start somewhere. Yep, exactly. Because I remember talking to Steve Blum in 2013... Talked to him for about 10 minutes. By the way, nicest dude in the world. Uh, he's the guy who did the voices of Spike Spiegel and Cowboy Bebop. Orochimaru and Naruto? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Steve Blum. Guy's, that's pretty cool. But when I talked to him, he, he said that the best ways to warm up or practice vowels, but also be able to sing a lot of music. And it turns out singing, being able to sing and have a range also gives you a range in voices. No big deal. But there's a lot that I want to know about voice acting. And I know there's a lot of people that want to know a lot more about voice acting, especially getting into it and hearing individual stories. But I also want to go into maybe cartoons or 
anime or radio, go into the brief history and how things are done, how things were done with the show, being able to modulate voices and various stuff like that. Now, want to know more because I've always been interested in it. I've always appreciated the people who can bring characters to life just by being able to use their voice while in the background during the recording. They can exaggerate everything they do. Justin Roiland's a pretty good example, Rick and Morty. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be amazing one day if we ever got the chance to do... Oh, like hell, that would ever happen. Oh, no. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. The closest thing is me editing another interview he did, he did and we just uh, attempt to have a mock interview with him. <laughs> I've always been interested, especially since uh, Batman, the animated series, when that came out in the 90s. Andrea Romano, she was voice casting during that. And one of the most famous voices for Batman now is still Kevin Conroy to this day. If you ever look at the Batman animated series... But now you have Bruce Greenwood, who's fairly well-known. Currently, my favorite Batman, I mean, it's still going to be Kevin Conroy, but Jason O'Mara has one of the perfect voices for Batman currently. Not going to lie, he's one of the few that has actually stood out to me in all of like the Batman universe, just because I haven't been as engrossed into it as of late, I guess. Mm. But it's always been memorable. Yeah, uh, Talking about Jason O'Mara? Yeah. Okay, yeah, because he did Batman Bad Blood. I think he did Teen Titans versus Justice League. Some shit like that. Uh, that one I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, that's okay, you don't need to. That's fair. <laughs> but it's amazing how these people are able to bring characters to life, especially Mark Hamill with the Joker. Um, I love the Warner premiere stuff. I even like the anime dubs. Not all of them. I'm probably a sinner for saying that. Most people love the subtitles. Honestly, a lot of people like the subtitles, but personally, I like dub. It allows you to get into it more without being completely focused. And if you can't, in a busy sense, we all have other work to do. And we don't always have the time to sit down and enjoy something and watch it subtitled. Which, honestly, it would be better in, in terms of how emotions are portrayed. And that's a big disconnect in how some voice actors are able to bridge that connection. However, it, it does separate the true meaning of the work. So I, I can see how subtitles are better. Yeah, subtitles for the most part, because the Japanese voice actors, I have to look up one of them who makes me laugh every time. If I could remember a lot of their names, that would be wonderful, because a lot of those Japanese voice actors are amazing. But some of the American English voice acting in Japanese dub, you can tell what fits and what doesn't. Oh, 100%. <laughs> but again, when it fits, it, it fits, and you can it makes that scene so much better. I know people are going to hate me for saying this, but... Uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Yeah. The voice acting in that worked great, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. And the dub. Absolutely. Yeah. The sub was great. Dub, I liked it. It fit great. It was just as impactful. It was still, it's still an amazing series to me. Cowboy Bebop still has one of the most amazing dubs. Oh, uh, hands down. That's a classic. And if you haven't seen Cowboy Bebop, highly recommend going and watching it. And even now, you have My Hero Academia, which surprisingly has a really good sub you have Chris Sabat as All Might he also did Major Armstrong in Full Metal Alchemist I always forget that he did that I yeah. really do <laughs> I, I, I would meet that guy in a step but I heard he's nice I, yeah. I could be wrong with this but I heard he's an amazing guy a lot of the voice actors are nice actually they're pretty down to earth like there's there's too many I need to meet. That's that's just anime alone like, I don't know much about radio hosts even audiobooks I don't know how familiar you are with some of the Star Wars audiobooks, 
Jonathan Davis does a, an amazing rendition of the Unabridged series about Darth Bane. I listened to part of one of the books. I haven't finished it yet. Oh, yeah. I, I, I just renewed my... Well, I'm about to renew my Audible. I keep putting it off. Again, yeah, some of the audio recorders for different audiobooks, and they're just amazing in what they do. A lot of the time, they try to bring in big names from the series and everything. They try to, you know, hype up the reviews and hype up people getting into it and jumpstart it. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, with Ahsoka, they had the voice actor for Ahsoka Tano in her book come back in. I forget her name. Yeah, that's... And yeah. even with authors who write their own books, um, Toni Morrison, she did The Bluest Eyes. Oh. Uh, and she actually read the book um, for Audible, if I remember correctly. And also the guy who did the the Amber Spyglass, uh, the Dark Material series by actually, Philip Pullman. I actually haven't read that or listened to that at all. I was actually surprised. Like I read it in college for the first time. It was pretty damn good. Huh. <laughs> it was the um, Golden Compass. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm, it's all coming back to me. But Philip Pullman does his reading of it. And how he intended it to sound. Like, it's amazing what people are able to do with just audiobooks alone. Oh no, it, and it gets you so engrossed into it. And that's how much like the power of the voice. It, it can sway someone, in a sense, to feel like they're actually there. It's on part of the voice actor and the actual art author. Arthur. Yeah, Arthur. Arthur. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> uh, Go back to KPBS here. <laughs> hey, that show was dark. That makes like, sense. Invader Zim, Courage Cowley Dog, they never went that far. They had horror. <laughs> Courage Cowley Dog was just creepy. I loved it, though. King Ramses is the man gods is the man gods. <laughs> Honestly, that's the best episode, in my opinion. Actually, I, I don't I don't remember who does the voice for Eustace. Uh, I, I, I believe he passed yeah, away not too long ago, didn't he? I think it was about five years ago, sadly, but he was... We like, don't want any! <laughs> well... Aside from that, <laughs> that got kind of depressing, but going oh, yeah, this, this, from audiobooks. This but is going to get depressing. I mean, <laughs> right now it's just kind of a generality what we're going to go over, but I want to be able to focus on specific things, hopefully brought about by the audience and what they want to know specifically. But not only do I want to go over good voice acting, but bad voice acting, especially video games in the 90s. Hey, it's the only way to learn from it. Well, yeah, but there's so much that you can go into just with video games in the 90s alone. And not going to lie... Look at modern video games, too. You can probably name at least two, and that's being generous. Two modern video games where the voice acting is atrocious. Uh, think of the Kickstarter... Uh, Mighty yeah. Number 9. Mighty M Number 9. Horrible, horrible voice well, acting. That's the thing with a lot of the games that came out in the 90s, speaking of Mighty Number 9, because that was from it's the, based off of the guy who, who... Yeah, it's based off of Mega Man. Mega Man 8, that's famously known for terribly, ter being uh, voice acted terribly. And Mega Man X4. Oh, no, I remember that. Iris! Iris! <laughs> yeah, so what are you most interested in about voice acting? In terms of voice acting, I just love how much variety... Variety? Can't talk. Variety uh, a lot of voice actors have. Mm. And how they can change the voice and sway and sway their vocal... Uh, nah, that sounds weird. They can change their interpretation of different things. And change their different voices. Uh, like, again, we talked about uh, Justin Rowland. How he casts, <laughs> he does like four different voices, all independent of each other. And, like, even Seth MacFarlane is another good example where you can have this back to back conversation of two characters when it's just him and both have full emotion. 
Because the Family Guy alone, he does Brian, Stewie, and Peter. Yeah, and he's had full conversations, all three, nonstop. Yeah, it's impressive when people are able to do that, even. Like, the guys from South Park can do it sometimes. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) Granted, they have to modulate a lot. Oh, they definitely have to modulate, and they've even admitted it in uh, conversations they've had in different documentaries. And honestly, those guys, uh, Matt... Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Exactly. I mixed up their names, honestly. Uh, <laughs> Trey Stone, Matt Parker. <laughs> they started very, very, very simple roots in what they did in college. And uh, all their work, honestly, I've loved it. Uh, they worked on Book of Mormon, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Team I, America World Police. Oh, I love that. Um, Cannibal the Musical. I never saw that. It's really obscure. A lot of people haven't. I don't know if it's on Netflix or in streaming right now it goes on and off but it's it's oldy old based in how it looks but it's very interesting it's actually a good movie they also, I thought it was. they also did basketball I haven't seen that I haven't seen it either not, I'm not a die hard fan like a lot of people are I'm not I just can't appreciate good work South Park was an, a first attempt going Let's try this. And originally it was made up, like, even the animation well, because, paper well, mache. Well, the paper mache, the way it started was they were doing a project in college. I think it was about the Pilgrims or something like that, but they did paper mache, and then it, it built up from there. That was one of their first episodes, actually, I think, yeah. joking about that. Sorry, I'm on a South Park kick again, because, like everyone, I was watching Rick and Morty, and they made the whole, the joke that Simpsons did it already, but South Park did it, like, four years ago. Yeah. yeah. The Simpsons did it. <laughs> I saw one of the videos on YouTube of them doing a behind-the-scenes voice acting. It was the human centipad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Trey Parker's doing, like, a stereotype Japanese guy. Oh, Kaio-san! <laughs> do you want cuttlefish or vanilla paste? I want to look at how they do that stuff behind the scenes. You can find plenty of things on YouTube, and it's hilarious. Oh, like, uh, you know how they record Ike? Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's, is it Matt Stone's daughter? Yep. I'm pretty sure it's Matt Stone's daughter, and it's the funniest thing, because they, they've they showed videos of it. They just hold her up, and she says it. And Well, it's Trey Parker trying to convince her to say it. And it's, it's just hilarious. And tell, telling her how to say it, and she does it, and she she knows that these are not words she's allowed to say. You also see how the, how they direct the oh, voice cast in the episode. Direct, like that. Oh, yeah, that's another really. thing I should go into, is direction of the voice casting. See, it's like it's all really interesting. I, I enjoy it a lot. I want to learn more about it. I want to get people to learn more about it. I'm not gonna say I'm a good voice actor or anything like that. I can imitate. I have like my Smeagol voice and Mickey. Well, it sounds more like South Park Mickey. Speaking, of, speaking of which, but stuff like that. Um, do you have any voice actors that you look to when you think of voice oh. acting? Oh, that's a that's a difficult. Uh, I forget his name, uh, just because I know him so well from different shows I've seen uh, I'll, I'll look it up quickly but the voice actor he does Edward Elric oh Metal yeah I, oh man Andre would kill me right now if, if I told him I forgot the name yeah he shouldn't like, oh, yeah Andre would be so mad Vic McNagna yeah Vic McNagna there we go uh, yeah Vic McNagna and uh, again Seth MacFarlane just because I, I'm so used to that um, surprisingly enough and I'm gonna forget his name but I'll look it up quickly just because it was the first thing I was ever really exposed to as a child. The voice actor for Spongebob. Oh, um... Because he actually... Tom, Tom Kenny. Tom Kenny. Because he actually... <laughs> he done some good work. That's the only thing I do by Tom Kenny is the Spongebob laugh. Oh, that's what everyone knows about. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> 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 that's 
<laughs> you've seen the Rick and Morty episode. Well, not the Rick and Morty episode, but they did a interview with uh, another uh, famous voice. Go ahead. They did, they did something with it, and they had. Uh, I forget her name, and I'm gonna hate myself because I love Scrubs. Oh um, yeah, she plays. Uh... She plays Elliot. Mm-hmm. I forget her name, and I'm so sorry for that. But uh, she plays Beth on Rick and Morty. Well, she's a voice actress for that, and she does that SpongeBob laugh for it. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. I've seen that before. And, and they're just that. It's just iconic. It, it laugh. It is by Sarah Chalk. Sarah Chalk. That's her name. Yeah. And I honestly, I never would have guessed it. Because I, I never placed her voice as <laughs> Elliot. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> I, I I got it at first. I just couldn't put a face on it until someone said, oh yeah, she was from Scrubs. It, it, it wasn't until I saw that, honestly. It's like I never thought about it because they're two... They're both broken characters in a f- dark way to say it. But yeah. uh, Beth is a little more... Yeah. Damaged. A little more Rick. Yeah. Better way to say it. Well, I mean, she does a good job doing that, <laughs> doing Beth, um, along with the guy who does Jerry. Um, oh. Freaky and Chris Parnell. <laughs> and also Cyril Figgis. Cyril Figgis. Oh, he does Cyril? <laughs> yeah. Oh, from, that's... From Archer. Uh, Archer's, and I forgot, uh, I'm gonna hate myself for saying it, but the guy who plays, he plays Bob from Bob's Burgers, he plays Archer from Archer. He just does the same voice, but... It, it's the same it's voice. It's very unique. That's, it, that's, he's one of those unique voices that is. everyone... <laughs> it just, I never, I didn't put two to two together. Everyone's gonna hate me. I'm not a huge fan of Bob's Burgers. However, I, I love the series. I love it. It's funny. It just... It hurts me to watch it sometimes. Uh, with John H. Benjamin? It's John H. Or Benjamin. H. H. John H. John Benjamin, sorry. H. John Benjamin, okay. Uh, hate me if you want. Uh, it, it's great. Archer, I love. It's amazing. It's dumb. Archer's a broken character who has more redemption in the newest seasons. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a really quality cast, too, mm-hmm. for the lack of quality animation. I hate to say it, but oh. some of the animation on that is terrible. But it's really the characters that bring the show to life, whether it's Archer, uh, Cyril, and oh my goodness, we are doing such a good job of forgetting voice actors' names. The one who does the voice of Lana, um, Lana, Aisha Tyler, she's pretty fantastic too. John DiMaggio, surprised we haven't brought him up yet. Bender, <laughs> I was thinking of that. I, I didn't want to butcher that name. I, Bender is an amazing character. Bender, and then he also did the voice of the Joker. I love the DC Warner premiere stuff. He did the voice of the Joker in Batman Under the Red Hood. There's there's a famous image, not a famous image, but it's gone around a lot, and it's all his characters he's played. And oh, yeah. I'm, I'm always I'll bring it up on the TV we have here, but I'm always just he did Aquaman in Batman the Brave and the Bold. He did. Yeah, he did. He's played so many characters. It's great. How well they interact. Uh, oh, I'm I'm a horrible person. It's uh, the creator of The Simpsons, uh, Jeff Gordon. Matt Groening. <laughs> Matt Groening created The Simpsons. <laughs> Please hate me. Please hate me. Whatever. Thinking of Mike Judge with King of the Hill. <laughs> I am. Wherever we post this, just you know, tell me how much of a piece of shit I am. Uh, God damn. Self-deprecation. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, welcome to me. But um. The, he's been in a lot of work with them. He was Brother Blood in Teen Titans? Alright, anyway. Really? Yeah. 
Oh. It's honestly, he's done so much great work, and he's been paired with some of the best shows. He's just a great voice actor. He's Rico from the Penguins of Madagascar. I always forget that. I I was surprised when I first saw it. They're making another one, I'm pretty sure. I never thought that series would go anywhere. I probably still won't. Don't need to worry about that. That Nickelodeon has a lot of power. Yeah, they sure do. Owned by Viacom. What? I didn't say anything. Yeah, you did. Anyway. Totally did. Uh, I was surprised one of the names that we haven't brought up is Mel Blanc. It's a classic. You're right. You're right. Uh, Looney Tunes. He also did um, Barney Rubble and Mr. Frick. What's his name? Barney Rubble and Mr. Spacely from... Jetsons, Mr. Spacely from the Jetsons, but he, he also did Woody Woodpecker. Really? With Universal. I actually would never would have guessed that. Yeah, he's uh, known as the man of, of a thousand voices. Okay. That's what, that's what that... he saw. He was so talented in being able to manipulate his voice, whether he did Tweety, Sylvester, Bugs, Daffy, Elmer Fudd, Yosemite Sam, if I remember correctly. That was all him. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and one of the most famous things that he did, and there's a documentary that used to be on Netflix that went over it, it was about him. It was the rabbit season, duck season, Looney Tunes. Classic. Classic. And it was Bugs Bunny doing an impression of Daffy Duck, and then you had Daffy Duck doing an impression of Bugs Bunny. So being able to do a voice within another voice. Stuff like that's pretty amazing. (laughs) I couldn't imagine how difficult that could be. Some actors kind of do it. Andy Serkis? True, but that was done so well. Yeah. And I think it's mostly because he made the characters his own. And that's a big thing. You have to become the characters. He did. He was fantastic. Mel Blanc is probably going to be the most famous voice actor next to Orson Welles. You got a good point, though. Oh, yeah, you, you got yeah. War of the Worlds right there. Yeah. Like, Which there's a lot of misconceptions about um, in terms of like the chaos it had. Yeah, that was that was just a... what What is it? God damn it. It's always fun to think about, though. Honestly. Yeah, it was it was all alleged to be causing panic with the masses because it was presented as a news story. Oh yeah, and it was like really, I can think it was like one or two newspapers that said, "Oh, all this happened, but nothing actually yeah. happened." Maybe three people called. It was just the, the police. Pol- yeah, it's like oh yeah, the police got some calls saying that the radio said there were aliens, even though before the broadcast, there's usually people that were just tuning in, but before the broadcast, like hey, so this isn't real. <laughs> they didn't actually get a lot. There was another. Uh, really big radio show that was going on at the same time as that, actually. Oh, yeah, I don't remember what it was. And they were kind of competing for views. Was it Superman? Oh, I don't remember. I would have believed that would have been a Superman, uh, but I don't think it was. Have you actually listened to War of the Worlds? Mm, Good chunk of it. It's been a while, though, but I did study it a lot um, back when I was in college. It was a big part of it, and it, it made a dramatic impact on at least how theater and um, radio became. Yeah, how big, yeah. how big it, be- yeah, definitely how it became, how it was presented, especially because oh, it was pre- presented as a newscast that was directed by Orson Welles because originally War of the Worlds was a book by H.G. Wells. Yeah. And the adaptation was by Howard E. Coach. But also, as a director, he starred, uh, Orson Welles starred in it with CBS radio which like we said apparently caused 
alleged mass panic. Oh, it was the end of the world. It was a oh, I mean, it was impressive. Like it, it, to be, it was. That's what that's what I'm saying. Like the power of the voice being able to give such inflection to where it would actually make people scared. I remember listening to it my first year in college, and being like, "Damn, <laughs> I see why this scared the shit out of people." Again, it, it's also how like society developed and stuff. We focus on audio, visual, in different ways. What's scary? What was scary back then? Maybe may not be as scary now. Mm-hmm. But you have to appreciate all the techniques that have been put in to help develop. We it's very true that we stand on the shoulders of giants in te- in terms of everything we do, because society has advanced. Yeah, radio has had a very major impact, and I can think of there's not one of us who doesn't listen to the radio at some point. Whether it's in a car, just hanging around somewhere, or in, in a store, they play music. Well, yeah, now n- more so now they are pre-recorded sets on like an iPod. I sound old even saying that, or on some kind of uh, device that are just playing it. Up Next to my iPod set. Shuffle that I got back in two thousand and five. Was even that old? I think it was newer than that. I don't know, like oh seven. I, 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 I traded Albert a Mini for an Anno. I, I don't even. Uh, but it's done so much and it goes from horrifying people and scaring like the War of the Worlds allegedly did to um, oh the fireside chats that the president used to give yeah uh, FDR FDR I'm dumb (laughs) if any of my teachers hear this I'm so sorry Uh, yeah don't be I'm not really honestly uh the fireside chats, they can culmination in a couple words in one hour or half an hour or whatever long it was at the time to terrifying something to massive entertainment. Well, I still have radios around my room. My alarm clock still has a radio. I have a radio in my car just in case. Um, not plugged in, like a portable radio. I digress. Breaking news. We're being taken over by aliens. <laughs> and I'm out. That's half the fun I'll have at work with the voice acting thing. Since we have to use radios, and we're not supposed to mess around, which I don't. But if I did, I would act like a radio host, or I would act as though I was trying to get a customer's order at a drive-thru, or I'd act like Hank Hill because there was a guy who had tattoos of Bill, Dale, Boomhauer, and Hank on his legs. I am not kidding. Not (laughs) saying that you would ever do this, but if you were to do this and you hypothetically would have someone come to your work with those said tattoos, (laughs) how would you have acted? I I would have done the whole routine as Hank Hill, like, over the radio. Like, I would have made probably Mike Judge partially ashamed, been been like, I'll tell you what, I have Mike's, I have lines one through four, Catch blocks are set. Deck is clear. Launch confirmed for fledge with my catch block and catch block accessories. <laughs> Followed by the second part being of it. Standing by for launch politely yet firmly at fledge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Stuff like that. Yeah, it's a ton of fun just to be able to do stuff like that and actually get laughs out of voice acting, just kind of messing around. Well, a lot of that's fun, being able to voice act over the radio and just have a lot of fun, especially since I'm on the radio, I'm going to be like an old radio. Oh. So that's why it's fun to learn stuff like that's a, It's a lot of fun to learn stuff like this. Knowing when to read lines, put certain inflection in certain areas. 
plenty of actors I could talk to about that alone. That's the one thing that it's probably a lot harder than just voice acting. Voice acting. Freaking Bill Burr's doing it now for F is for Family. Really? Yeah. I've actually been interested in watching that, but I haven't. I actually didn't know he was in it. Yeah, Though they advertise it with Bill Burr. Now that I'm thinking about it's it. It's like he he helped write it. <laughs> Uh, I love Bill Burr though. But oh, he's great. That stuff like that's super fun. I love uh, going back to voice actors and, or at least, acting with voices. Andy Serkis mentioned him earlier. He was in the new Black Panther movie, but I wasn't him. I liked his character in Black Panther, but stuff happened too soon. Again, I I have to still see it. Caesar, in Planet of the Apes. Okay, I know yeah, exactly. For Rise, Dawn, and War for the Planet of the Apes. Caesar, but most famously, at least currently, he's most well known for Smeagol and Gollum. Oh, and definitely Lord how I know him from. Yeah. That's the one I practiced since, like, middle school. Can <laughs> you give it a try? Sure. Like, the, he wants the preciousness. Ross Masters. No, Sassman wants it. Takes it from him. Takes the precious. Takes it from him. They're like doing the whole screaming things. I'm not gonna lie, I think you were making that voice when I first met you. Probably. Like when I came up to wherever we were, like you were making, I was like, okay. This is gonna be cool. My name's Thomas. <laughs> Hi, Prussians. I don't know, that was like a week later. That's like my, that's my, that's the voice that I know I'm the best at doing, like in terms of imitation. There was one I had the most fun doing, I don't remember what it was. Probably I still Hank like Hill. your Hank Hill. <laughs> what should I have to do, Dale? <laughs> or Bobby? I'm, I'm okay, Dan. I would love to do Boom Hour. Oh, God. Just just how... I'd love, <laughs> <laughs> well, love to tell you what, man. Let's just go with my multiple, man. Let's just go with my multiple, man. I'm not going to lie. I understood him most of the time. <laughs> I feel like I did. I probably didn't. I think my favorite voice actor at this current moment in time, it's actually been... For many years, he's been my favorite. Is Liam O'Brien? Really? Gara from Naruto. I uh, can see that. I he honestly, I I never, especially from Naruto, I never, it never stood out to me so much. It was pretty natural with the character. That's the point. Like I never thought about it too much because it fits so well. And that's, I guess, that's the hardest thing when it comes to me with voice acting. Mm-hmm. I get engrossed too much in the character mm-hmm. with things I see. And I feel like that's an amazing thing when a voice actor gets me that far. Yeah, when they can execute execute the character to make yeah, you Yeah, and I don't think about the person who's voice acting. I think about the character. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Can, and a lot of us do that. You can call out the character by name. You may not get the voice actor. But again, you can see with a lot of famous, one, uh, famous voice actors, they do so many of our favorite characters. I and again, I, I never would have got Yara. But yeah. Well, Liam O'Brien great. isn't one of the most... I mean, he's probably not one of the most famous ones as far as I know. Excuse me. I'm usually surprised if someone knows Liam O'Brien over Steve Blum. But Liam O'Brien's also in Critical Role. That's why I know him. And yeah, he did um, Voxel Dom in the first one. I don't know which one he's doing for Critical Role 2. Anyway, he the reason I got into his voice acting is because of how he portrayed war in the game Darksiders. It's a game about the four horsemen who are framed for the apocalypse. And he does the voice of the main character of that game, War. And when I listened to a, a Liam O'Brien interview, I was I was absolutely awestruck because I got to see him firsthand, well, in the video, 
being able to completely manipulate his voice. It's kind of like, yeah, okay, I kind of sound natural like this, and all of a sudden you hear him do the voice of war, and he's just like, the seals have been broken. And it's like all the inflection and all this stuff based off of the scenery going on in the game, being juxtaposed to you seeing him in, in real time do the voice. And he also did Asura and Asura's Wrath. He's mostly well known for Japanese, or excuse me, English dubs for Japanese anime. But you can also hear him do voices in the backgrounds of many animes. If I guarantee if we played an anime right now and I heard his voice, it'd be like, Liam O'Brien, that's him right there. <laughs> that's amazing. Here, I'm actually going to look up quickly what he's been in. And actually, I brought up Japanese voice actors. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I'm going to look it up real fast. Sorry for the five second delay. Um, did you ever watch Bleach? Oh yeah, of course. Everyone did that at some point. I hope. It was uh, the character Ikaku. He was the third seed of Squad 11. Yeah. I'm aware. The voice actor is uh, Nobuyuki Hiyama. And... <laughs> yep, that's Liam O'Brien. But what about... Oh, the voice actor is uh, Nobuyuki Hiyama. And it was the first time I actually laughed out loud with an anime just because of how over the top everything was. Especially because if you watch Bleach in Japanese, like you have the characters anytime they announce their special move, which is called the Bankai. They usually just do the Bankai, and then they go from there. To be honest, that Bleach is one of the like main shows, or at least the newer main shows that have done that. Like, they announce every single move they do. Yeah, all that too. Which is fu funny. Honestly, Dragon Ball Z did stuff worse. But well, I mean, in 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 Bleach, they named like special the, their 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 uh, what is it form? Yes. So you have the Shikai, which is the lesser form. Bankai is the the higher form. But anyway, the characters would just do like the Bankai, and the voice actors would do that. But as for this one. With uh, Hiyama, he went over the top. So it's when it first introduced Ikaku and his Bankai. Instead of doing, like, the regular thing, it's like he puts his blade together, or his uh, his polearm together, and he just does, Bankai! I, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about there. It's just over the top, and it works. It makes me laugh so damn much every time I hear it, even though I'll probably never watch Bleach again. <laughs> I, I forgot where I stopped. That's okay. Uh, the whole point, though, is like that voice actor just kind of made it work for me. Then they brought in the guy who was the Red Ranger. He had the voice of Ichigo in the English dub, if I remember correctly. Oh. I could be wrong on that. I don't feel like looking it up. I don't feel it's important. Going back, Liam O'Brien, uh, he was in Ultimate Spider-Man as Doctor Strange? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I forgot Well, yeah, that. Steve Blum, he did the voice of Wolverine. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, he did the voice of Wolverine and Wolverine and the X-Men. He also did Wolverine for um, the Hulk versus Wolverine. Oh, he was also... Ga Again, he was Gara. And he was Red Skull. That's right. And Iron he has Captain one of the best Red Skulls I have ever heard. It's like almost Hugo Weaving status right there. I'm liking Lee O'Brien a lot more now. Oh, he's my favorite voice actor. If Oh, he did Illidan Storm Rage and World of Warcraft. He was in the Dot Hack? I don't know, maybe. That was a video game. Uh, 
it was a different series he wasn't in. He was in a lot of a lot of games. Wow. Yeah. Everything from World of Warcraft to Killzone and the newest game he was in was wow. That's a long list. Pillars of Eternity Two. I've never. Oh, heard of he was that. Infinite and Sonic Forces. I'm sorry. Oh, oh he was Reverse Blast in Injustice Two. I forgot about oh, that. Oh, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom. Doctor Strange again. Yeah, is he? I would love to meet this guy, dude, so fast. Like, that's what I hope to get is when we're a little bit more organized, not talking about, like, being more specific and being able to interview people, which we'll get to. Oh, we'll get there. Hopefully. This guy. Not this freaking guy. I would love to interview him. You know, I'd love to interview a lot of people. Like, oh, there's especially so... internet celebrities. We, we were just playing a game with Stamper. That dude's hilarious, but you also have Chris O'Neill, who's most famously known as Oni, mm. for his animations, and Ego Raptor. Um, he, he was in an episode of Rick and Morty. He was? Aaron Hansen. There we go. Really? I just forgot his name. Yeah. Um, it was the episode where it it was the wedding. He was like, I am clearly not a robot. Oh, that was him? That was him. Yeah. That is perfect. And Chris O'Neill, one of the best things I've ever heard him do was like the internet sort of Microsoft mic voice. The, uh, I've been practicing it. I still can't get it down. It's so hard. Uh, where it's like, Hello, I am Microsoft Mike. Is there anything I can do for you today? Like, <laughs> almost like Stephen Hawking status. Honestly, I... It, it, it's a little different, but I loved the program that could do that. <laughs> yeah, Microsoft Sam and Microsoft Mike. I know you could still find like rips of them and still have them play on normal on newer PCs. It takes a little effort, but they are still out there. They're great, and some of my fir- like favorite things that were voice acted that had voice actors eventually that came in were some series that used that. And if you ever heard of, and it's diverging a bit, ever heard of the Arby series? Arby and the Chief. <laughs> Arby and the Chief. Master Chief sucks at Halo. Yeah. That kind of, those series. The, those were my childhood. I am going to kick your ass right now. <laughs> that sort of stuff. Oh, man. You are listening to the Mumbling Voices podcast. <laughs> he was on Star, again, Liam O'Brien, he was on Star Wars Rebels. Man. Yeah, Transformers. Stuff like, yeah, we're going back to Liam O'Brien. Woo! Oh, uh, I'm sad. Resident Evil 5 and 6. Uh, I love Resident Evil. He has directed for Naruto? I didn't know that. Oh, he was Jeez. a director for 5 and 6. That, I, I feel a little better about that. Uh, last, The Last of Us. If you've never played it. Who does the game. voice of Joel? Oh, let me look that up quickly. Joel, the voice actor... Honestly, the voice acting in The Last of Us is amazing. I wanted to bring that up. Uh, Joel, Ellie, and the, the main cast for that. Yeah. They were amazing. Well, and, like, the girl who plays Ellie was, like, what, was she 13 at the time? At the... Uh, I actually don't know the name. She was young, if I remember right. Uh, the character definitely wasn't... I'm assuming the voice actor was, but she was so good at it. And the work they're doing for the new game that should be coming out within the year I hope uh, is amazing honestly I want to buy a PS4 mainly it, for that is it Troy yeah it was Troy Baker who did the voice of Joel really Troy Baker's one of the most famous uh, along with Nolan North when it comes to video games Oof. and I, I can never remember the lady who did the voice of female Shepard in Mass Effect 
She... Oh, Femme Shepherd. Uh, I, I should know this. I was actually just looking it up today because Mass Effect is a great game that I've not played all of them. Mostly because 3 ruined me. Uh, and Andromeda, I don't want to touch yet. Just because. Everyone knows that. Uh, <laughs> Neil Dykeman. Uh, Jennifer Hale. Dude, Jennifer Hale, dude, dude, fucking dude, Jennifer Hale, as fucking Shepard, was so goddamn amazing. I'd play it again, just for her. <laughs> that the girl who played Jack, by the way, she is not her character. For Jack? Yeah, Jack, the the bald um, chick in Mass Effect Two. Oh. Okay, that makes sense. She was so nice. She was actually extremely nice. Okay, let's see. Ellie, um... Who is... Ashley Johnson. Johnson. I actually don't know she did the voices. I know she did the motion capture. Yeah, I think they all did the... Yeah, they did. Because there's actually behind the scenes for one of the final uh, final scenes. Last of Us. Uh, I won't spoil it because it's an amazing game and you should play it. But it's one of the main climaxes at the end of the game, and they have a lot of the main characters in just motion capture capture shoots, motion capture suits, suits acting the whole thing out. With and, balls on their body. <laughs> oh yeah, it's the funniest thing to see. The balls on their body. <laughs> and they they are doing multiple multiple takes, and this clips on YouTube if you haven't seen it, and they just. They decided to do a fun take, mm-hmm. and I don't think they, they didn't tell the actor who played Joel, and they just started, everyone else just started singing. They made it a musical, and they were like, okay, we're going with this. So there's an entire alternate <laughs> version of the very climactic scene at the end that shouldn't be funny at all, but it's all vocal. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, I'll show you later, but yeah, it's, it's the great. clicker. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it's so it's so well done the game and if you haven't played it all the way through just the clips they've shown it gets so much deeper and better and how oh and the voice gets. the voice cast brings it to life oh no doubt like when i first played it i bought my ps3 for this game back when i lived in my old place when i was still in college mm-hmm. and but it was a black friday sale i saw it and i was like no hesitation i want to play this game an amazing game. It's worth every penny, even just buying the console outright, in my opinion. It has to be so difficult learning all the grunts and all that stuff for video games and anime. Oh. Maybe not difficult, but more monotonous. Like, the guy who played Django Fett in... Because <laughs> we, we always talk about the prequels when it comes to Star Wars. Yep. And the Attack of the Clones. Dude, was, he was nice. Mm. And she's like, oh, yeah, you did Republic Commando. How was that? It's fucking monotonous. <laughs> He's Australian. He's like, doing all the voices. Go left, go right, go straight. Doing all the, ah, grunts and all that stuff. Being like, ah, oh, ah, oh. The funny thing, they, they have them do so many more takes mm-hmm. of stuff they might not even use. So they have to do that, especially games. Movies completely different because it's more specific and there are like freeform things they can do and improv but in games they have you do 
thousands upon thousands of takes for every single possibility. And they're not going to even use them all. You've seen people go into the codings of different games and rip out tons of audio files that no one's ever heard. And they do that to get the lore and other stuff from them. But there's just so much there. <laughs> just hearing the... Ah! <laughs> Again, uh, I've seen ah! a recording of that. And one of, the, ah. one of the voice actors had a smile on their face while they were doing all of them. Like, even, like, dark things. They were just smiling during it. Have you seen Mark Hamill do voice acting? Oh, not in a while, but I love his voice Oh, he gets, uh, he gets into it. It's very cheesy when you watch it, but that's the thing, is it's very overdramatic behind the, like, in the studio. To be honest, that, that translates well, though. Yeah, it translates yeah. very, very well, because, I mean, come on, how many Jokers do we actually see in real life? Let's not answer that. But, <laughs> yeah, when they exaggerate behind the camera because of how well it translates into it, turns out, translates just well enough. <laughs> oh, it does, and it's great. Just because of it. Man, if you underperform when it comes to voice acting, they're not going to like you that well. Like, oh, is, is, that how, is that how you won the scene? Yes, fucking do the scene. <laughs> Honestly, that I feel like that's the hardest part about getting into voice acting. Hey, that's the thing. We can't be completely... Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I, I was going to say we can't be completely wrong. <laughs> it's like we're going to learn about oh, it. Yeah, we, we are. And, but just how I, how I perceive it, you have someone who wrote everything. And who's... It's their inspiration for the whole film, video, what, whatever they're doing. And then you have the voice actor who has an interpretation of it. Mm -hmm. and They can only go based off the director. Yes, they go based on the director, but they have their own spin to it too because everything differs person to person. Before something is solidified, it's out there. Mm -hmm. It's up for interpretation. Like, yeah, the Batman Joker, they're done a certain way. Like, yes, there's different variants, but it's not going to be something like way far out. It's going to be a certain archetype, almost. Mm -hmm. It's more of the yeah. Batman's, this is his background, this is what he holds. He's going to act this similar way. This is where he's at, this is what he's dealing with. Yes. The voice, the the emotion, the different things, where he's at, the voice will be differ, uh, will differ. And you can always tell when there's like a natural voice cast. Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, those two work so well oh, together. amazing. They worked amazing together. But again, the hardest thing I feel like is a voice actor will see the lines... A good voice actor will see the lines, will go through everything, and feel like, okay, this is how I think, based on what you're feeding me, the person should be. But definitely, someone would be like, no, I don't like your interpretation for my work, and completely shut them down. Oh, it is, it's very, going back to, since we're still on the Batman the Animated Series, the first episode that came out with Mr. Freeze, Michael Ansara was known to be a very emotional voice actor. You're playing Mr. Freeze, someone who's void of emotions, practically. So even when he tried to be as emotionless as possible, it was still too much for the voice director. Really? Really interesting, like, learning about the stuff. I heard it on Fat Man on the Batman with Kevin... Who's the guy who plays, um... You heard it on Fat Man on the Batman with Kevin... Oh, he's the guy who almost died recently. Um... I know who you're talking about, but I can't. Silent Bob. I can't put him. Yeah, so it was Kevin Smith, uh, Fat Man on the Batman, talking about the voice actor for Mr. Freeze, of whose name, of course, I don't remember, because I just said it. That would make it all just too convenient, but I just said it. Even then, I just forgot about Michael Ansara. 
That's what I was talking about, Michael I, Ansara. Michael Ansara, he was known to be a very emotional voice actor, and when they did it, they were like, yeah, don't don't be so emotional. He said, okay. He put less emotion into it. Like, no, no, stop being emotional. Put less emotion into it. Also, did you hear about Justin Roiland with uh, one of the episodes of Rick and Morty? It's the one where Rick is over-the-top drunk, and they're doing a parody on superhero films. Vindicators. Yeah. One with, of my favorite episodes. With, with Nub Nub. There's new God there's, damn! <laughs> there's so much in it. And uh, the, what they did for the first time, I I don't know how, if they used any of that footage, but they got Justin Roiland drunk in the studio. I feel like they've done that a couple of times. Oh, too. probably. I wouldn't doubt it, it. It's perfect for Rick's character. I'm sure him and Dan Harmon just like grabbed a bowl, took a big hit just smoked we're just like all right let's go i mean how many seasons do they get renewed for they deserve it <laughs> yeah plenty of seasons uh but no it, it makes it great my favorite part about it is it had so many tropes it had an avengers parody trope mm-hmm. it had um there's a parody on the superhero film oh basically. it definitely was it had a parody on saw oh yeah they, they should have are you sawing us are you, no uh, i'm not i'm not i'm not uh, uh, I'm not a hack. Morty. It, it, it had a political basis uh, where he's where they made that statement about the planet. Uh, yeah. I, I won't spoil too much, but they made a statement about the planet. They, they were wrong, and then Rick was drunkenly given a discussion about Israel. And, uh, <laughs> was like, then tried to prove he wasn't drunk and he wasn't a racist. About Israel. Not that he wasn't drunk. Israeli Pal- yeah. Palestinian conflict, no big deal. Uh, uh, <laughs> my favorite part was the ending. Where uh, Morty went in, and then think Rick, he thought he was important to Rick, and then it was all noob noob. Uh, noob noob. God damn! Uh, thanks noob noob. I was counting. In the very end. Uh, uh, hold on. Uh, I just shit myself. I'll see you later. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck is noob noob? Yeah, just like uh, I'm just, man, the amount of stuff Justin Roiland is able to do, especially because one of my favorite parts, one of my favorite characters in Rick and Morty, is actually Mr. Poopy Butthole. He's an amazing character. Oh yeah! I, before you came over, ooh, I just watched. We watched that episode. <laughs> the, ooh, 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 Rick! <laughs> uh, Beth shooting him is a hilariously dark scene. That was hilariously dark. Yeah. For no sure. one expected that. Like, honestly, how they set that up, uh, the intro sequence had Noob Noob in it. Had uh, Noob Noob had Mr. Mr. Poopy Hole in it, and they introduced him as like, oh, he's potentially a parasite, and then he's real. And there's so much speculation on who the character is. And it's hilarious. It's Averdolph Winkler. No, I mean, that was the same episode, but I was just thinking it's about It's still a that. great episode. An American not-hero. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, he kind of died for Rick's sins. It's, and the equivalent of space <laughs> cocaine. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, I want to know more about how music fits into voice acting not in the sense of the voice acting itself like i mean clearly with a lot of voice acting you have to have good timing uh good inflection in certain areas but for instance my hero academia which is i'm i've been pinching that series manga anime i i still need to catch up on it i'm a fucking weeb man anyway the fight, um it's the the fight between all might and nomu mm-hmm. the music works so well with the animation which the voice acting works well with both of those. It's amazing how 
team behind the editing being able to make all of these things work. <laughs> and the sound design. Oh, sound design See, of that show is impeccable. I can I can talk a little bit about music if you want to hear it. It's interesting how you pair it. Because music can completely change the tone of everything. And it's, it, you have to be careful with it. Because we've all heard things where the music doesn't fit right. Or the music fits, but then the voice acting doesn't fit. And the emotion behind everything. Oh, we've been talking about listening to mashups today. Oh, yeah. There's definitely. a mashup between something on on Disney and Psychosocial from Slipknot. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Anyway. It does. It, it's interesting to hear, but it doesn't fit. But then there's other things we're hearing, like uh, Panic at Disco. We were just listening to Panic at Disco and... Smooth uh, Criminal. Smooth Criminal, yeah. And that fits. You don't expect it to, but it fits just because everything's close to it. And that's more music connecting through a different means. But in terms of voice acting, I feel like it it's the emotion behind the music. Because music can be con- uh, conceived as a universal language that everyone gets. Most cultures, music has the same feeling. Um, well, music is emotion. Yeah, music is emotion. There's very few, cul- not very few. There are cultures where something like a minor key is perceived. Look, our culture. Minor keys are usually perceived as like more downtrodden, sad, depressing, hard times. Mm-hmm. But in other cultures, it's seen as powerful and respectful. I can't come to mind where it's in, but it, it, a lot of cultures have similar views on music. Oh, yeah. Like Again, the minor key is a very dramatic one. If you go from a major key, which is usually uplifting, to a minor key, it's going to be completely out there. And that's where modulation comes in play and how it shifts upon it. Because there's a lot of experimental music, which is a whole different topic, that plays on that. But I feel like if you pair the right music to the right emotion with voice acting, it just amplifies everything. Oh, they yeah. play off of each other. They're not codependent, but they're the, the sum of their parts is greater than them in, individual. Oh, yeah, and yeah. watching that fight scene with All Might and Nomu, it just worked... Everything just worked so well. The animation was beautiful. Mm-hmm. You could tell where they put their budget. Uh, completely different. I just gotta say this piece that came to mind. The music from Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, yeah. Go back to that. Uh, brother. Brothers. It's a, it's a song called Brothers. And it's... There's a translated version. It's basically uh, the bro- Eric bro- Eldrick brothers saying about how they have lost so much and how they've hurt each other during the whole journey. And it's mostly uh, Ed. Edward talking about how he cannot forgive himself for what he's done, but he's going to work towards it to save his brother. And he wants him to forgive him. Which is later yeah. portrayed in the series where they get in a huge fight because Alphonse believes that he's not real. Oh, yeah, it's the episode with the two prisoners who were sealed in the armor. The it was the brothers who were sealed in the armor, and they manipulate Al into thinking that he's fake. Yeah, and because of that, he grows distant from everyone. It's not much of a spoiler. <laughs> it's, it's not at all. It's not that far in on Brotherhood, and it's a very minor point. Like, it's not a minor point, but it resolves pretty quick. The guy who did the voice of Mace Hughes was really good. Too soon. Always, yeah. yeah. It's like, always that, that I can't spoil. Like, no, if, no, for people who haven't seen Full Metal, like Mace Hughes, you're just like, oh, I love this character. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not even thinking about that scene. I love Mace Hughes as a character. I'm just thinking about another character. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking and about. And the, chi- the Chimera. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you get really emotionally invested in these characters, and then you have the guy who does the voice of 
Ed and Al, who actually portray it's the emotion. One guy? No, 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 it's not one guy, I'm sorry, but... The, the voice actor for Ed and the voice actor for Al portraying the emotions. Not only that they feel, but damn was I pissed. <laughs> I can agree on that. Yeah, there's, there's so much I want to look into for voice acting. We're going to be able to narrow it down. I mean, like, this one is just a general episode. What we're about. Learning shit. What we know. What we don't know. Let's fucking know it, bro. Oh, this, was, this was inevitable. I don't even... I don't give a fuck. Speaking of bad voice acting... The new Zelda game. Which one? Breath of the Wild. Zelda. Zelda? Yeah, Zelda. Link. I don't even think I it's like, her Link? fault. <laughs> no, Just... I... Yeah, Link the silent protagonist. <laughs> I have other comments on that, but uh, I, I agree. I, it may not be her fault. The voice fits who Zelda is, but seems a little more timid. Yeah, I felt that's for the, sure. I honestly felt the same way about the other heroes in that game. And it kind of was out of place. It almost, every time someone spoke, besides Zelda, uh, Link's love interest. I haven't gone that far. Uh, uh, it's not, she's not the Gerudo chick. Not the Gerudo chick, not the tall one. Uh, the fish girl. Oh, the Zora chick. Zora, I don't, yeah, I, I don't remember. Yeah, but no, Zora, um, it was pretty implied that they were lovers or they had a relationship. Um, you do get an item in the game that's usually made for... Oh, was that Ocarina of Time? No. Oh, okay, I was thinking of Princess Ruto. It was, it was Breath of the Wild. They all have similar themes, but it was Breath of the Wild. Zelda didn't seem like the main love interest at first. Later on, <laughs> yes, but um, the Zora girl loved Link, and her voice was actually pretty well done. Though Zelda's always stood out, and it was always this disconnect that I never liked. Yeah, that's, that's how I felt, too. Yeah. Go to the go to the go to the tree. Go to the Deku tree, Link. Go to the Deku tree and find the Master Sword in the Lost World. Okay, Charlie. Sound like Car Cartman, actually. Yeah, go, go find it. A little Cartman, but I'm, I'm yeah. thinking Charlie go. the Unicorn. Oh yeah. Yeah, Charlie. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Um, so I was telling you about before we started this podcast. It was about Red Letter Media. A, it's a movie review YouTube channel, most famously known for Mr. Plinkett and his uh, Star Wars prequels, review of the prequels, before Disney was bought out, or excuse me, before Lucasfilms was bought out by Disney, and Mr. Plinkett, the, the reviewer, like he's he goes really, really in depth, but it turns out he's also like a maniacal serial killer. Oh, oh it's it's absolutely hilarious, and it's done by Mike Stolklasa. And that's the thing with voice acting. The best quote that I have, like, from Red Letter Media is just, like, with voice acting. You hear the voices. Like, it makes you feel a certain way. Maybe you didn't know it, but your brain did. <laughs> like, being able to comprehend all these emotions. Yeah, it's it is it's actually a lot deeper than I thought. It, it, it's absolutely hilarious being able to listen to Red Letter Media, but just like, yeah, maybe you didn't know it, but your brain Definitely oh. check these guys out later. Uh, watch the, you you gotta look up, Plankett prequel reviews, because episodes one, two, and three, just goes ham on each episode. It also talks about the good qualities, but that's not why we're. And that's that's, so much of what I love about voice acting is, not realizing that these characters, don't exist. Because <laughs> someone else brought him to life. That's honestly, I feel like things would be so much emptier if we haven't had these 
influ- influential voice actors. Oh, I mean... Because they're what make everything. Even before, like, Orson Welles, but I think of Orson Welles, and just like, holy crap. And I think of Mel Blanc, and holy shit. Even most, some of the most famous voice actors still look toward Mel Blanc. Yeah. And how much he was able to do. I, I, just like trying to comprehend the many different voices. Woody Woodpecker, and then compare that to Bugs Bunny. Does that sound like the same guy? I hate to tell you this, but it is. I honestly, I never would assume that. I, it's so far off. I, again, I, I don't think I actually knew that before tonight. Yeah. And if I did, it, it went over my head. See, that's, <laughs> that's why I want to be able to develop my own bumbling voice. Like, my own voice. And other people hopefully want to develop their own voice, too. Just to be able to do certain things rather than, like, we were talking about SpongeBob earlier. All I can do is laugh. I can't do the actual voice so of SpongeBob. In, in ter- actually, question for you: In terms of you, what kind of voice would you like to develop? Like, it, do you have a character in mind you'd like to see work through? Or, I mean, I've always wanted to do like a hero character, mm-hmm. but I've always known I've been good at villains. <laughs> I feel like villains have so much more depth to them at first. Yeah, they can. It it all it's depend on it depends mostly on how they're written, but you're right. Like, villains have a lot of depth. Again, I'm, I'm, t- I'm going off of, like, uh, you know, the Rick and Morty theme of it. How mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, superheroes are cookie cutters. Yeah. A lot of them are the same archetype. But villains have much more depth to them in the terms of they're not always the same and they're all corrupted versions of the cookie cutters. For the most part, there, there are a lot of exemptions to it. Um, I mean, that's that's what I imagine that I can mainly do villains. I'd like to do anything I can, but having a good villain, you have a a Hisoka Hunter Hunter. Yeah, that, that's a weird villain, but I, I'm I'm familiar though. But he is menacing. <laughs> Whether it is for his intentions or his voice actor. Where suddenly he's just like, yeah, I love to fight. And then he's in the middle of a battle for someone who actually wants to kill him. And it turns him on. <laughs> Sexually. Huh. I mean, granted, he's more in it for the battle. But he's just like, oh, God. Oh, look in your eyes. I can't wait to break you. <laughs> like, So it goes from the sexual arousal to the like, ah, I can't wait to just fucking so beat you. Continue. I mean, I, I want to be able to play a hero maybe at some point but I think villains are more my style even though I'm the big superhero comic book guy that maybe random people didn't know about it's just it's a lot of fun playing villains being able to get that anger and anxiety and creepiness (laughs) that I can't bring about into the real world that's one of the things I don't understand about some voice actors is that like the grumbling voice I'm a menacing hero or villain you just don't understand me you don't need that but again, it turns it, out I'm really deep. It, it's, it's been a commonality. Oh yeah. Like it, everyone understands it. It just yeah. cliche. <laughs> it is pretty cliche actually. It's just like, yeah, I mean, this is how I look on the surface, but deep down, I'm pretty deep. It's like oh, that was, but, that but was again, clever dialogue. <laughs> again, those tropes—they're so well known, but even today they're cliches, and they're joked about being cliches. 
lot of shows, Rick and Morty, a bunch of cartoons, other things, they reference them as like, oh, that joke, it's bad. Oh, don't make that kind of reference because it's overplayed, overdone. Even the newer Avengers movies have done that. Oh, yeah, of course. But Thor constantly has those thrown at him. Well, that's why they had to adapt the character. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it works, but it's there's a lot of uh yeah, we're getting off track <laughs> oh sorry we're getting off track we'll, we'll go back and i'll edit this but oh yeah so villains almost like our buddy albert his friend was his friend was designing a video game and i got the part to be the main villain they never finished doing it they never had time to meet up and the guy who developed it did it by himself by the way really amazing game designer absolutely amazing it was like a mecha style and he wanted me to do the villain for it. I wish I could have, but man, with someone's worn out trying to do a game, gotta step back. No matter how long. But it was it was a good opportunity to have that that potentially have excuse me. It was a good feeling to potentially have a role where the guy's like, Yeah, you're my first pick. But I mean I've done recording before, uh did a recording of a play of the Night of the Burning Pestle, which I now I would have done it differently, but listening to it even back then, I'm like, oh, this isn't bad. It's pretty, pretty nice. You you remember recording that here? Oh yeah, definitely. Actually, up to yeah, for the pro- one of the last projects. Yeah, it was the Night of the Burning Pestle, that um, old play in England. That was a lot of fun to do. Honestly, you, we just did it in this very room when we used what we had with us for sound effects, and it didn't come out bad. No, it wasn't bad at all, actually. It was no. pretty good. It was just the direction that I took it took it in. I was like, yeah, I should have done that differently. I mean, to be honest, when you brought it to me, I knew nothing about it. So I didn't have much input. So I was <laughs> using sound design. Yeah. Uh, but it sounded... I liked it. What you, From what I was hearing, it, it worked from what I understood. My, the class had fun listening to it. Oh, yeah. Didn't you get like a great feedback from your... Oh, I got an A on that project. Yeah. It was so much fun. Ah, that's the thing. That's the main thing I love about voice acting. It's so much damn fun. I get to be honest, and I feel like this is going to help develop at all of us. I'd love to hear us doing readings. Of oh yeah, short stories or Plays. horror stories. Or horror stories. Oh, oh yeah, some I love of the best, horror stories. Well, yeah, some of the best horror stories, like for creepy pastas that I've heard from. I mean, Markiplier's read some. Jack Septicai um, has some good ones. The one, especially I showed you. Uh, Oh, I forget its name. I'll look it up in a second. I like how we're just putting out all these references that people probably don't know. But oh, I'll definitely I'll I'll look it up right now and I'll ask about mention it because you Jacksepticeye and um, Cryotic. Cryotic again. He's done a lot of readings. Cry in general, tons of readings, uh, and they're they're great. I, I've been really getting into horror stories, and there's. Again, I, I would love to talk about this on a different podcast because we could probably go on, about, on this for hours. There's tons of horror podcasts out there. Oh, yeah. And it's just it's it's just people reading horror stories that are submitted. And they're, they're not all amazing. They're not. Yeah, of course not. Some of them are very bland. But there's a couple that do stand out over time that are amazing. Again, Jacksepticeye is the one he read, and I'll, I'm looking it up still. It was so yeah, it was, short. It was part. so short, and it was so effective. It was. I'm not going to lie. It scared the shit out of me. What was the story called? Um, yeah, if anyone has a chance, look up uh, Jacksepticeye. That was a 12 creepy pop, though, wasn't it? It, it? 
it, it, they so what ha what it was for Jacksepticeye, Markiplier, Cryotic, and a bunch of others did a read with Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. It was called Masterpiece, and it was written by some anonymous author, and it was about a, a three-minute-long reading. And it was the most effective thing on there, just because of the motion you put by it. And I think I remember hearing him talk about like his recording session of it. And Sean, Jack, always wanted to get into these things. Same with Markiplier and a couple others. And Markiplier has some other good ones that just aren't on this one. Like I, I just feel like the one they paired him with wasn't the best one. I liked it personally. There was one good one with Cryotic, and it was talking about the daily routine. And someone made a horror story about it. Ooh, there's a couple. There's one of my favorites where it turns out that it's uh, it, it's a guy talking about how to kill a monster. It's called How to Kill a Monster, I believe. Mm. And it ends with him saying, I'm the monster. Oh, okay. And it's, it's really dark. And it, it, it describes everything in very vivid detail. Was that from Cry? I think that was Cry. Okay. I could be wrong, but I want to say it was Cry. Um, actually, I haven't heard a couple of these. There's two other ones that Jack Jacksepticeye did that are a little longer that I re remember hearing. Because sometimes I just can't take Markiplier seriously. Granted, I've watched his videos, but all that I ever hear when I hear a story is just like, Hi, my name is Markiplier. I, again, Here that, I am on YouTube. <laughs> that That's one of... It's mainly because... I, I, again, I love Markiplier, but I agree with that. So if, if you did have your chance to do a, like a horror story reading... Is there anything you would love to read? Uh, no, not really. Not a particular horror story. The one I liked the most was the one from Cryotic um, about the daily routine. Okay. And if not that, I always enjoyed reading SCPs. And what's interesting, some of them need, like, I feel like it would be perfect with different actors involved in it. It was always 87 that got people. The old man? No, uh, Stairway. 87 was creepy. Yeah, it's always, it was always fun reading that, like, back in college when I was in marching band. Me and a bunch of friends would go to someone's house and we'd just read horror stories before we all went to bed and then we wouldn't be able to sleep. So we'd get drunk. <laughs> and it, it, it sometimes helped. Well, because I remember that game had, the game for it. It was so weird. Honestly. The audio was done really well. Yes, that was. And that was the best part about those games. On a different note, they're remaking SCP. Oh, okay. On a new engine. Oh, yeah, I saw, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Looks pretty good. I, in, so, back to the question. I don't know about horror stories that I'd want to do. Any, any, then is there any, uh... Oh, if, if I was offered a part for Warner Premiere, like for one of the animated movies, I would take it. No problem. Any, like, the DC Comics animated movies? Because if, even though Marvel's ahead on pretty much every other front, not an animation. No. Some of the animation that uh, Warner Premier has been able to take advantage of, was, of has been amazing. Not to mention the voice cast has been phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal voice cast. I already mentioned some of them with Batman the Animated Series. But you have like Tim Daly with Superman. Various other voice actors. You've Nathan Fillion as Green Lantern. Again, we haven't mentioned Nathan Fillion. Yeah, which uh, I, which I can't surprising. believe I forgot that. Yeah, he I love his work. Uh, he, he's he's very talented. His him as Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan's my number two favorite character of all time and best <laughs> by far the best Hal Jordan I've listened to. I mean, uh, I I would 
take any opportunity to listen to be able to go with that voice cast and be able to actually work for Warner Premiere. So be able to talk to Andrea Romano and be like, me? But that's dreaming right now. Oh, in terms of Nathan Fillion, uh, I mean, there's tons of things he's acted in. Firefly. Uh, Serenity and... Serenity, which is Firefly, the Firefly movie. Dr. Horrible. Dr. Horrible is one of my favorite minor shows. There's something that just came out, and I still haven't seen it. Castle. It, hmm? Castle. Castle. I actually haven't seen a lot of Castle. That's okay. I, I hear it's not bad, though. I, I feel like I would like it. Well, anyway. Um, but the, the Nathan Drake fan film came out a while ago. Oh, I saw that about Uncharted. Yeah. Yeah, he looked like he aged. Yeah, but it kind of... He, he is Nathan Drake. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I, I never got into Uncharted, but I, I could see that. I personally it, didn't either. Was it Nolan North who did the voice of Nathan Drake? I was. I want to say yes. I'm pretty sure it's Nolan North. That dude is talented. Oh, yeah, he is. And again, video game voice acting, we briefly touched upon it, but it's... Uh, an amazing thing and it's not uh, it's Tom Holland Tom Holland Tom Holland Nathan Drake Tom Holland wait Tom Holland's the kid who plays Spider-Man is that wait wait am I looking yeah it's just played by Tom Holland no wait oh that's from Drake's fortune oh the the newer the, the younger one okay yeah you're you're right uh uh, Nolan North. Yep, Nolan Nolan North is the main one, and there's a couple other uh, motion capture capture artists who worked with it. Yeah, it, Nolan North has done some really good voice acting. So Tom Holland's the film that's coming up. That's that's my mistake. Well, then you have uh, the new game of God of War. Ooh, I don't know much about it to be honest. Wish uh, a lot of independent games though, like Amnesia, The Dark Descent. The main character's voice acting is not that well done. The main villain's voice acting is fantastic. I agree, honestly. I, I feel like the main character wasn't supposed to be like the main point anyway. Yeah. He's, again, you're not. it's one of those characters you're not supposed to hear yourself. You're getting invested in the world, though. Yes. So you shouldn't... Like That's the whole reason I feel like Link worked well as a mute, almost. Oh, Gordon Freeman's the best. Exactly, no, no, 100%. Gordon Freeman fits that perfectly. Because you are invested. And Half-Life was such an amazing uh, series because of that. It is an amazing series. Uh, to a different credit, have you heard about the fan game that's coming out? It's a Black Mesa? I think it's called Black Mesa, yeah. Yeah, it's been out for a while. There might be another one, actually. Oh, uh, there might be, They're probably. basically trying to make Half-Life 2 Episode 3. Oh, finally. Yeah, but it, it's... It's not Valve, but one of Valve, someone who worked with Valve, because they said Valve scratched this idea, released the idea. Oh, yeah, they, they kind of, like, released the script And then the fans it. have been making a game based on that. Well, because you always, you had an effective cast when you had Eli Vance, like, all these other characters, and it ends in such a cliffhanger. And it, it's a weird thing, and there's been a lot of videos and a lot of, like, People have been coming forward and kind of talking about it. And they can only say so much, but Valve, and I wish, I hope I'm wrong, honestly, doesn't seem like they're in the business of making games anymore. Oh, well, Steam is such a good, is so good for profit. 
Oh no, Steam is an amazing. Again, I love Valve. I love Steam. No disrespect to any of their IPs, but they print money. It can make tons of money because of everything they do. Steam is an amazing platform, and you're very hard pressed to see any gamer not use Steam. There's other platforms out there, but Steam is so iconic. Steam works so well. Integrates. I've used it since I was twelve. Yeah. It integrates so well with everything, it's easy to use, it's free, and they have all their games. I, I actually can't think of one that was really a flop of anything they've put out. Just like they're more like opposing force and how about the opposing force and blue shift? I, I meant more of their IPs in general. Yeah. Like none of their IPs have been really flops. Well, I'm oh, sorry, we're, we're getting off track. We, we are, but like, the voice acting in their games, it's not really needed as such, <coughs> but some of the game is. Like, uh, I think of Portal. GLaDOS. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the voice acting. Great. A lot of the crew with Half-Life, besides, you know, Gordon Freeman, who doesn't talk. Since we're talking about video games, one of the worst voice acted games, and it's one of my favorites in... All the world is Star Fox 64. It fits because it has that 1997 feel Only to reason. it. Well, either way, it's that doesn't make it good. I mean, it, it's such, it's so, in my opinion, memeable, which I hate that I made that a term right now, but go through levels and else just, just like, ah, God, am I getting, oh, excuse me, that was like a Rick moment. <laughs> Oh, God. Am I getting slow? It's just like awkward pauses in between. And like one point, it's like, we just got through the fleet. Don't potty just yet. It's time to try out our new weapon. And like, it, it was it, it was so over the top that it's only me and one other person that will make references to each other all the time about the game. And it's That's the funny thing. Is some of the worst voice acting is some of the most fun. I've ever listened to hearing. There's a level in that game where you're, you're operating a tank and you're in pursuit of a train. And the villain that you're taking out in that level is so over the top. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it's like, oh, what's wrong? It's, it's like a stereotypical redneck engineer. I, exa I know exactly. On a different planet. Like, oh, what's wrong? Come a little closer. So it's like almost... Sounds like a pedophile. You're not wrong. <laughs> I remember one part of the game like, ah, uh, uh, what what was it? I I don't remember what it was, but at some point you flip eight switches, and it changes the train tracks into where he crashes into his own base, and it causes a massive explosion. He's like, oh no, I can't stop it. Again, I've seen, I've seen you play that two to three times now, because uh, I still have my 64, and it, it's hilarious. Oh, the voice acting is so funny. No, it, it is a great, it's a great game, honestly, and that's why I love that I have it still. It's, there's so many tropes that are great about it, and it's one reason it still did well when it was re-released. There was only one character in that game who was actually a fantastic voice actor. Who? It was the guy who played Leon, the, the chameleon. Uh, oh. So when... Uh -huh. On some levels, you get ambushed by another mercenary team called Star Wolf. There's, there's a lizard in that, and he sounds like super fancy and all that stuff as he's pursuing you and your team. And, what's wrong, little bird? 
I'm the Great Leon. And it's just very casual, but you know his intent <laughs> the entire time. All the while, his the rest of his team is like a giant pig who's just like, Yo, Daddy screamed real good before he died. <laughs> oh, I remember that one. That one. Pigma. His name was Leon Pulowski. Pulowski. Pretty good. He, he's a pretty good voice. And if you, you guys want to look it up, it's Star Fox 64, Leon Pulowski. Uh, he has some quotes that are on YouTube for different sites. I, I, I like how that guy is acting, honestly. Like, the motion he puts into it. It's just very casual. It is. Almost like it fits well. Pigma Dengar from that game reminds me of a young Krillin from Dragon Ball Z. And is that the weirdest thing to say? I can see it. Yeah, Star Fox had some of the worst voice acting. Honestly, but it was so it funny. It was like it was like the room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not wrong. Yeah, and it's it's amazing how much video games have progressed. Even though, I think one of the most iconic video game characters now is still the Master Chief, and I don't think that he's acted out all that well. Which, uh, they've, they've tried, if you haven't played any of the new games, they definitely have tried. Well, I'm probably a sinner for saying that. Oh, no, I'm a horrible person. Well, compared to the guy who played the Arbiter? Oh, uh, again, I am so sad, because one of the best Halo games, and again, they're all great, they're all great, in my opinion. Halo Uh, 5, Halo 4. Halo 2. Halo 2 is the best one. Halo 2 was cut short. And there's a documentary released by Bungie when they were handing off the baton to Microsoft 343. uh, 343 Studios. And they talked about they had a crash almost where something happened. And they lost all of Halo 2. So the game is only half of what it was supposed to be. Because they had a restart. Basically restart. Something like that, yeah. So they lost a lot of stuff, and it was supposed to flush out Arbiter a lot more as a character. Yeah, they threw that away in Halo 3. Sad. Because they that's what they had. Halo 3 was a great game. It was one of my first I got into, and I love it. Again, I I, I recently just got the Master Chief Collection, and I'm going to start playing through them again. But they're they're great games. They really are. I mean, what what do you want to get out of this? I'm going to be bringing other friends, too. But... I Honestly, like the different perspective on all this because I mean, that's the whole point. I want to... I personally do not know what I want to get out of this. It's more so... I love to see the different emotions that can be brought through it. And if I can glean any of that off from learning through this, perfect. But the biggest thing, I want to see how different people interpret different things. And that's kind of the best thing I, I like about voice acting. Interpretation. And I know that's very vague and not very... Intuitive, but I, I just want to see how this can go and how much emotion every single person we're going to bring into this can do. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, see, I can see that. I, I think you're going to get a lot. I think we are going to get a lot out of this. Oh, Being no. able to actually learn what it takes to voice act, the history behind it. Oh, definitely. I'm going to get. I know I'm going to probably improve my voice acting, but if not, start somewhere with it because of this. But there's so much that can be done from it. I mean, you could definitely have something more refined for your own voice. For me, I'm, I like to imitate. Oh, <laughs> so, I, am, I am not good at imitation, that's the thing. I, I love to imitate. Good or bad, that's what I like to do. So being able to actually being able to focus on how to get 
your own voice and actually being able to manipulate areas of your mouth uh, uh, in, in certain ways to get a certain inflection and a certain tone in your voice. That's what music has helped me with, especially learning with one of my vocal coaches. Being able to figure out how to put inflection somewhere without even realizing that you're putting inflection on a certain emotion based off of what someone is conveying and being able to do the various types of voices, having a range and having that very versatile range in order to being able to fit into certain areas, whether it's animation, video games, reading a book. Um, I'm blanking on a bunch of stuff. But I'm excited to be able to develop my own voice and hopefully help other people figure out how to develop theirs as well. That's the whole point of this. want to learn how to do a lot of this, help other people out. Because I'm not the only one who cares about voice acting, but just hasn't done enough to look into it, whether it's looking online for certain gigs and seeing what types of gigs work and which ones clearly don't work. That's going to be an important one, especially if you look online and you have, well, I don't remember what they call them, but basically people who are cheap. They're just like, yeah, I need you to do this 12-hour thing no pay, drive yourself, pay for your own gas, figure out food. You don't have a place to stay, but figure it out. Oh, you're doing it for exposure almost. Yeah, that, yeah. That, it's that, that artist horse shit where it's just like, oh, pay? I can expose your name into various areas. Like, bitch, fuck you. I work hard on this. Honestly, that's the thing. A musician, an actor, everything... They're putting so much time and effort into this. Exposure is bullshit. Yes, exposure is a good thing, but when it comes to actually getting a product from them, no. Well, if exposure pays my bills, that'd be great. Anyways. Yes. Yeah, that's the point. The point being is being able to look in the appropriate places, being able to audition at the appropriate places, what it takes to be even qualify for an audition, or not even qualify, uh, excuse me, but what to expect. This is something I don't know, because I never got into, like, acting, professional, clear, professionally, like, pretty clear, clear to me that I haven't done it, but I've talked to various people, they've told me how it goes, I've also talked to people who said, hey, you should look into voice acting, I'm like, oh yeah, maybe that'd be cool, I'd like to look into voice acting, that'd be fucking sweet. But being able to have those auditions, looking for the opportunities, how to look for the opportunities, how other people have looked into these opportunities, learning from other people, famous people, not famous people, people on the internet, whether it's on YouTube, Newgrounds. Newgrounds is actually very influential on the current uh, internet age, not especially with voice acting. Again, I don't want to throw it for some Newgrounds is a topic you can have a whole whole hour or two discussion about. Oh, at least. Yeah. But yeah, stuff, stuff like that. I'm really excited, really, really, really excited to get this off the ground. Today might have been a little bit of a ramble, but I don't give a flying fuck because we'll 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 have a sub well subjects later this can go on for plenty of time where it's centering on anime episodes radio shows man i could i could do a two episode podcast just talking about war of the worlds alone oh and again there's so much out there and this is why we want to keep it going so if anyone was willing to make it this far is actually interested to continue through email us at bumblingvoices at gmail.com what are you curious about? We want to know. I want to know what you're curious about, because what you're curious about, I'm probably curious about, too. Thomas is probably curious about, too. And hopefully on the next podcast we could get that answered. But in the meantime, I hope you get to continue making good choices and continue to listen to bumbling voices. See ya. Bye.